The internet changed everything for sales and marketing. Artificial intelligence is going to change everything again. Welcome to AI for Sales, a show that looks at how artificial intelligence is changing sales. Join noted author, speaker, and AI for Sales expert Chad Burmeister as he interviews cutting-edge founders, CEOs, CROs, CMOs, other business executives, and AI experts on the weekly AI for Sales podcast. Join the AI for Sales revolution. This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Everybody, Chad Burmeister, CEO of ScaleX.ai and the AI for Sales expert on C-Suite TV and C-Suite Radio. I've got Sean Harper with me today, who is uh, the co-founder of Kin Insurance. And before we started the podcast today, I was thinking, well, how is Kin different than all of the other insurers out there? And we're going to dig into that today. We're going to dig into how Sean and Kin uses AI inside of their platform, but also a little bit in the selling motion. So Sean, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Sean's from Chicago. He's en route to Colorado tomorrow. So uh, this is great. I'm in Colorado today. So <laughs> here we go. And he's got the fire pit in the background to, uh, keep, to keep everyone warm. Um, so Sean, before we kick off, I like to kind of get the audience to know who you are and a lot of times the best way to do that is think back to when you were a kid, six, seven years old. What are some of your first like memories around, you know, what were you passionate about then uh, in life? Do you remember? I've always been really into gear. You know, I was little, I really wanted to be like a fighter pilot because the planes were so cool. They're fast. Uh, I've always been really into computers and tech. You know, my, my dad was a police officer but he was a pretty nerdy guy too like and he always had gear around the house and was really into us you know learning about computers which you know at the time was like the apple II. And like i the was thinking one. apple IIe of course with the floppy drive and it started with the real little one and then it got to the mega drive or something like that yeah absolutely i just love that stuff and i you know i remember writing my first computer program it was i was probably like 10 or something and I wrote a computer program to help me sort and organize my baseball cards nice. and uh, you know, sort of the, the beginning of my career as a nerd. So how does that if you think of the secret line right a little blue line through life that goes from then to now uh, how does how does what you're passionate about them apply to what you're doing today? I've always been really interested in technology and that's a big part obviously can't you know the kin is my third tech company so I'm you know, I just love solving problems and making things efficient. You know, another really big influence on me was I got really into economics <clears throat> when I was, uh, you know, in high school. And then I ended up going to the University of Chicago, where I got to, you know, experience some of the best economics faculty anywhere. And I became very passionate about making capitalism work for people. I think we have an economy right now that is probably more corporatist than capitalist in that it really helps um, big companies and the rich people and the entrenched interests. It actually stops competition. You know, insurance is a great example of that. The, you know, the industry we're in, 
you know, the big insurance companies are the same companies that were big a hundred years ago, which is crazy. If you think about it, you know, and the world has changed so much over that time period. And why is that? Well, one big reason is that it's so hard to start an insurance company with the regulations and the capital and everything that it actually just like they're there. It's an oligopoly that, and, and that is worse for consumers because there's not a lot of competition. There's not a lot of innovation. So I'm just really into this sort of intersection of like, let's use tech and finance uh, to create, you know, uh, competition for some of these entrenched interests so that we can help consumers in their day-to-day lives. Well, one thing you talked about uh, is that the NPS score from your organization is really high in the upper 80s. NPS score for some of the traditional insurance companies might be in the 40s. And I remember talking to a professor a couple of years ago in Texas who knows one of the insurance carriers, and they were having to make the decision whether to continue doing IVRs, press one for this, two for that, three for that, and then offshore people or onshore. And some of those kinds of decisions and choices are what lead to a score of 40 versus a score of 87. Talk to us a little bit about how you make those decisions and then does artificial intelligence play a role in your ability to maintain that kind of score? Yeah, so uh, I think insurance companies have an issue, which is that they outsource so much of their customer acquisition and servicing to these insurance agents that in a lot of ways, they, they don't really think about the customer as their customer. They actually think about the agent as their customer. And that creates a lot of sub-optimization. And you know, for Kin, our customer relationships are direct. You know, we actually pay a lot of money to get a customer you know, with advertising and every sales cost and everything. And, and one reason why we do that is because we want to keep these guys forever. And you know, we, we see that. We actually have uh, 93% of our customers stick with us one year to the next. And we're super, super invested in that. And so you know, I think a lot of the times when big companies are making these decisions around cost, they're not always weighting you know, the customer impact which, you know, it can be harder to see, right? Because like you could do something that saves you dollars today, but impacts your churn two years from now. And, and, and you don't know until it's, until it's too late, really. Um, so, you know, so we're just super, we're super interested in optimizing around the customer. That's ultimately the most important thing is that these customers are happy. You know, we also started the company with that ethos. Like we're named Kin, you know, we, we are like, who would you rather have helping you with your home and you're protecting your home than your family? And, and we just take that really, really seriously. Um, we, use a, we use some AI in marketing and trying to figure out who the good customers are. We use a lot of AI in, in underwriting to sort of figure out what the right price is for each uh, home, given its you know, risk characteristics. And we use a little bit of AI on the sales side just to sort of figure out which, uh, which leads should be matched to which salesperson. We have a pretty big inside sales force uh, or customer service. It sort of like gets to be a little bit gray there but we have about 150 people who spend all day corresponding with the customer uh, to answer their questions because our product is somewhat complicated. And since, you know, we're insuring people, we're insuring homes, which is for most people, their biggest asset. One thing that made me curious when we were talking is that you said that extreme weather is causing a lot of homeowners to not be able to get insurance on their home. And it's, it's rising, right? A lot of the big carriers are actually moving out of states and moving out of certain zones. Um, 
talk to us a little bit about that and, and, you know, why is it, why is it happening and what's happening in that area? Yeah. So global warming is definitely having an impact on the weather. I don't think that can really be debated at this point. The weather is getting more extreme every year and it's happening everywhere. It's not just in Florida and, and Carolinas. This is you know, one of the biggest uh, natural disasters we had last year was this derecho that went through Iowa, the rest of the Midwest. It was a more than a $10 billion weather event. So like, this is just happening. It's happening everywhere and it's going to be part of our life. And we're going to need to figure out a way to adapt to it. And, you know, one issue with older insurance companies is they aren't built to adapt quickly. They've been doing it the same way for a hundred years. And so, you know, when, when the weather changes, when demographics change, when buildings change, when consumer preferences change, they just kind of keep on doing it the same way they always did. And, uh, you know, that's, that's not really a very good solution. So what you've ended up is in a lot of these areas, and they're huge areas, it's basically everywhere that touches the ocean or is exposed to wildfires, um, the legacy companies don't really know how to price that risk properly. And they also, you know, their, their value chain is so inefficient. They have a hard time sort of balancing the, the distribution of their customers and, uh, and their response is to basically just leave. And yeah. so it's becoming harder and harder and more and more expensive for people, especially in these like coastal areas, you know, which is where most of our population lives, by the way, it's becoming harder and harder for these customers to, to insure their homes. Uh, you know, so, so it's, you know, it's a big problem. Yeah. A friend of mine is starting to do work with a company, uh, tiny homes and then printed homes. And I have to believe that part of the solution might be how you build it, right? Your house is built upon a rock or is your house built upon a sandcastle? <laughs> so. Totally. Yeah, that is absolutely true. You know, you, you know, the houses can be built to withstand a lot. They can be built you know, to be really strong uh, or, or not. And a lot of stuff goes into that, like the material that's on your roof, the shape of the roof, the angle of the home, its elevation, the material of the walls, you know, some of, the, and some of these new technologies like the tiny home stuff, these homes are built really well and they're built in a factory, you know, so they're built to a spec, which you don't have when you're building a home on a lot. And, uh, you know, so that's going to be part of the solution, right? Like we can't stop global warming right now got to try so we can stop it or slow it down 50 years from now. But in the meantime, we're just going to need to adapt. And a really big part of that is just building to be more resilient. Yeah. So the moral of this part of the story is if you're high and dry because your carrier won't cover you, check out Kin because they use advanced techniques and they have the ability to actually underwrite when you might not be able to underwrite somewhere else. When it comes to the sales motion and marketing, I think you said you've got over 100 reps, maybe 150 sellers on your team. And so big data is important, choosing great customers that can continue with you to maintain that 93% renewal rate. Um, what are some of the techniques you use that, that leverage artificial intelligence in sales and marketing? Yeah, so for us, the, the biggest, because we're a direct-to-consumer business, this is the, these are not huge contracts that we're doing. So we really need to be, I think one of the issues is that insurance companies historically have been really untargeted in how they get customers. Um, you know, they basically get customers in two ways. They have television commercials and they have branches. And there's an insane number of insurance branches or agencies. There's like actually more insurance agencies in the US than there are fast food restaurants which is kind of crazy if you think about it. So I eat fast food 
I don't know, multiple times a week and I never go visit an insurance agency ever. Um, I think that's true for most people. But anyway, that's that's like super untargeted, right? Like the majority of the people watching that, you know, television commercial during the football game or driving down the street and seeing the branch, they're not buying insurance right then. So a lot of what we do is, uh, is we just, we, we're able to figure out exactly who we think are gonna be good customers and who are likely to convert and target them specifically through direct response marketing. And uh, you know, that's a recipe that's much more efficient than the old way of doing it. Yeah, got it. There's probably some ego-driven decisions that are made when you have a banner that's on the freeway and on the Super Bowl commercial and, 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 and. And some of it is just, that's how we've done it for a hundred years, right? Absolutely. Yeah, you know, it's, we're in a good situation now uh, for new businesses because you can really measure like when somebody converts you know, and it's easy to tie or it's easier anyway to tie your marketing spend to getting to the customer. But in sort of the old world where maybe you're selling through a branch and you're doing untargeted advertising, it's really hard to even tell like what advertising is working. And so there are a lot of the times just sort of like shooting in the dark when they're making decisions about, you know, things like billboards and, and Super Bowl ads and stuff. Yes. Now, traditionally, Having been in call centers, we typically didn't call them call centers. We called it an office, uh, an account executive. So um, we'd have a Y splitter though, right? You'd have the manager listening on the rep and there'd be coaching sometimes in the real time. That was in the real time. But then we started, you know, companies came out with conversation intelligence. Now they can record it. You can listen after the game tape and fast forward and rewind. You probably have some of the conversation intelligence installed now how what's that doing for you guys absolutely yeah it's i mean i can't imagine i can't imagine running you know a contact center without that you know it's just such a useful tool to be able to you know we have all the calls recorded and transcribed and they're searchable and you can run it through you know language recognition algorithms it's you know it's it's a it's an awesome awesome tool it's hard and to even imagine. for onboarding right then you can have a hey here's what a good call sounds like here's maybe what a call that could use improvement would sound like <laughs> yeah and you know for us in a regulated industry it actually can become pretty important what was said to the customer we can actually end up in a situation where maybe maybe we're you know in a in a lawsuit right over should we pay the claim with something promised to the customer that that wasn't proper did we make some make some representation to them? And it's really nice to be able to like, no, like here, here's the recording. Like, yeah, this is how the conversation went down. They were warned of X. Uh, super, super useful. That's awesome. Well, I mentioned to you, uh, there's a guy named Mark Born Bernstein who's had his business about the same. I think, I think it may even be four years, seven months. Honestly, you guys were born around the same date. And and Mark's company does inside the conversation coaching powered by AI. So you could be talking to someone and they go, well, how does this compare to my current Allstate contract? The AI hears the word Allstate, boom, a little screen pop comes up. And what's cool about it is you can toggle it so that for an advanced rep, they may, you know, you might only say, hey, as long as you get the core concepts, then you don't have to say word for word. But if you're an early junior rep, I need you to be 98% on target with word for word, and then you graduate from the word for word to that. So really neat kind of technology. Where do you see, uh, you know, are you starting to be approached by different companies that, that bring different kinds of AI for sales in? And what's most interesting to you through the rest of this year? 
Yeah, we're super interested in that. So that what a cool technology that is. And you know, like I think a lot of techie people jump directly to this conclusion that we just won't ever have salespeople or customer service people be done by a bot or whatever. And you know, I don't think that's realistic about the things that machines are good at and the things that humans are good at. Like humans are good at relating to each other. Like this, we've evolved for you know our whole our whole existence to really enjoy talking to other people and relating to each other that way. So I, we like things, we like sort of like the cyborg approach where you're using the AI, you're using the machine to make the person more efficient, make them smarter, arm them with information they wouldn't otherwise have, but you know, still like having a human element to it. Cause I, I think most of us really enjoy the human element. Yeah, that's right. Uh, when Dr. Joel Laban from Johns Hopkins University, he wrote the forward of my book, AI for sales and the back. And so he read the book twice. He's probably the only person on planet earth who's read the book twice. And the takeaway for him in 21 different chapters of all these different technologies was the, the area that salespeople should focus on is building trust. Because draw a circle and say, okay, if, if a computer can send an email, well, then that's probably going to happen over time. So if your core job is sending an email every day, that, that's at risk. Well, but guess what? Having the conversation on the phone with the customer looking at them in the eyes on the Zoom video, that's not at risk. Uh, so, you know, I think you're right. Uh, what do you call it? Giving someone the tools to augment what they're doing versus replace is really where the industry's headed. Cyborgs. That's right. Cyborgs. Um, what do you what do you see over the horizon? Um, you know, two years, five years from now. Uh, I, I guess outside of the, you know, the, the, we're at 180 degree temperatures in Arizona by now and all those kinds of predictions, but that aside, <laughs> what, where does AI evolve to over the course of the next five to 10 years? I mean, I think you're seeing it happen already where AI is becoming less of a standalone thing. It's becoming really embedded in almost everything. Uh, you know, and, and, and even then, you know, like the line between like, you know, what's, what's just an algorithm that helps us understand something and what's truly AI, like it really matters a lot more around the application. Like, is this something that's providing useful insights? Uh, so I guess, you know, this is a boring prediction, but I think the trend will continue and you'll see AI in many, many more places and its use will become much, much more practical. Yeah, it'll just be under the hood of everything. Just like an Amazon Alexa. You don't know that AI is there, but it's there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's interesting. We've got this code we purchased last year that uh, typically it's B2B customers. So it wouldn't apply as much in your space. But let's say you have a list of 500 people that you really need a meeting with. The AI goes out and looks at who you know that have connection to those people and then we reach out to the intermediary and say, hey, you already have trust with that person. Would you mind making an intro? And so scaling trust to that level traditionally has been hard, right? There's millions of records available. But now with AI in seven, eight minutes, you click a button, boom, and it tells you, here's your 500 people that can get you a meeting with those, with those 100 people. Um, so it's, it's pretty, like you said, it's just built into the technology everywhere. Yeah, it's super cool. Um, well, this has been a great conversation. If someone wants to get a hold of you because they're uninsurable or maybe they're running a contact center with 150 people or whatever, how, how can they get a hold of you, Sean? 
Yeah, yeah. It's uh, kin kin.com, kin like family, just K-I-N. Uh, we, you know, we're also on Twitter and Snap and all the other stuff. Um, you know, if you want, if you want uh, really, really high quality insurance, that's where to find it. Housing insurance alone, or do you do other yeah. kinds of insurance? Yeah, we insure homes. We insure homes and other buildings. Uh, you know, so so it could could be a you know a building that you live in, or a building that you rent out, or whatever. The common thread is that they're all they're all physical structures. Got it. And since you don't have all of the heavy distribution costs. I suspect it might be a good idea for me to check and, you know, it can't hurt to run through the calculator. No, it really can't. You know, we're, the cool thing is we're, we're automated and we don't have the agent. So we're cheaper on average. Um, and then, you know, we're also more accurately priced. So if you do have a home that is more resilient to the weather or is located in a place that, you know, the, that that's more resilient, then we're able to give you, you know, an even, even, even lower price. Got it. Uh, Excellent. All right. Well, thanks for sharing your thoughts on artificial intelligence, both inside of your product, as well as inside your sales and marketing motion. I appreciate having you on the show today, Sean. Um, thank you everyone for attending and we'll catch you on the next AI for sales show on C-Suite TV and C-Suite radio. Cheers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite radio network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank you for listening to another episode of the AI for Sales podcast with Chad Burmeister. As we advance into the future, we promise to bring you the resources you need to navigate the ever-changing landscape of sales to help you 5x, 10x, or even 100x your sales motion sales velocity through artificial intelligence. To access the show notes or leave a review, visit www.scalex.ai. Until next time.